0: Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 27th of September. With 88,600 new cases of COVID-19 in the last 24 hours, the total number of infections in India is close to hitting the 60 lakh or 6 million mark. More than 1,100 new deaths were reported in the country, pushing the total fatalities to above 94,500. According to the latest data, the total number of COVID-19 cases in the central police forces under the Ministry of Home Affairs has gone over 36,000, with 128 personnel succumbing to the pandemic. The BSF and CRPF both have had more than 10,600 cases, followed by the CISF with over 6,400 cases. A group of 300 doctors from across the world have come together to set up a free telemedicine consultation service in Jammu and Kashmir to serve non-COVID-19 patients who have suffered as the focus of the existing healthcare system has been on dealing with the pandemic. Under the dial doctor program, more than 300 doctors from different specialties will provide voluntary health services to patients. The drug pricing regulator, National Pharmaceutical Pricing Authority, fixed the prices for medical oxygen cylinders and liquid medical oxygen amid the increasing demand due to COVID-19 crisis. The X factory price of liquid medical oxygen at the manufacturer's end has been fixed at 15.22 rupees per cubic meter, exclusive of GST. The X factory cost of medical oxygen cylinder at filler end has been fixed at 25.71 rupees per cubic meter, again excluding GST. Former union minister and BJP leader Jaswant Singh died this morning. He was 82 years old. He was admitted to the Army Research and Referral Hospital in Delhi for treatment after he had a fall in his bathroom and injured his head. He was in a state of coma ever since. Singh was a member of the parliament for nine terms and served as the Minister of Finance, Minister of Defence, Minister of External Affairs in the Vajpayee government. He also chaired many important committees of the Parliament like public accounts, estimates, energy, environment and forests, and others. Singh also briefly served as the Deputy Chairman of the Planning Commission. He was conferred the Outstanding Parliamentarian Award for the year 2001. Do read the obituary penned down by Anand Vardhan on our website newslaundry.com. In the latest session of his monthly monologue, Monkey Bath, Prime Minister Narendra Modi spoke about the controversial farm bills that were bulldozed through the Upper House of the Parliament last week. He said that the new bills have empowered farmers across the country to sell their produce anywhere and to anyone, and they now have the freedom to grow any crop and to sell it at a price best suited to them. He also spoke about the removal of Agricultural Produce Market Committee or APMC in Maharashtra and said that it has helped the farmers of the state. He said that farmers in Pune and Mumbai were running parallel markets. The government of Maharashtra had delisted fruit and vegetables from the purview of the APMC's four years ago. However, just three months ago, Mohan Gurnani, the president of the Chambers of Association of Maharashtra Industries and Trade, had said that the central government's Farming Produce Trade and Commerce Ordinance of 2020 that permitted farmers to sell their products directly to anyone even without a valid APMC license made APMC markets redundant. Traders fear that they will be hit hard and deprived of their livelihood. While the APMC system has been monopolised to a large extent, doing away with it altogether will leave farmers vulnerable to big food corporations and the country will have no way of knowing what is being traded and at what price. Therefore, it is not surprising that farmers and traders or middlemen both have come together to oppose the bills. Coming back to the Prime Minister's monologue, he also said that farmers have suffered a lot due to the pandemic, but they have shown the strength to overcome this crisis. He called the agriculture sector the backbone of self-reliant India and said that if farmers remained strong, the foundation of Atmanirbhar Bharat would remain strong as well. Modi also invoked Mahatma Gandhi in his call for self-reliance. He pushed for an Atmanirbhar Bharat again by talking about the country's potential to become a toy hub for the entire world and called upon young entrepreneurs to team up for toys as a part of his government's Vocal for Local initiative. Apart from Gandhi, he remembered Jay Prakash Narayan and Lal Bahadur Shastri. He also praised Bhagat Singh on his birth anniversary today. Modi then compared Bhagat Singh's love for the country to the soldiers who conducted the surgical strikes in 2016. He also urged people to maintain COVID protocol and went on to say how the pandemic had served in fostering bonding amongst family members, bringing them even closer. While that does paint a hunky-dory picture of how the lockdown has strengthened family ties, it is important to note that during the first four phases of COVID-19-related lockdown, Indian women filed more domestic violence complaints than recorded in a similar period in the last 10 years. Between March 25th and May 31st, 1,477 complaints of domestic violence were made by women. And these complaints are just the tip of the iceberg because 86% of Indian women who experience domestic violence do not seek help in our country. Even the National Commission of Women registered an increase of at least 2.5 times in domestic violence complaints since the nationwide lockdown. India's suicide epidemic too remains unaddressed in the pandemic. According to NCRB data, the primary cause of suicides in India is related to familial stress. Last week, we saw how the parliament was engulfed in protests by members of the opposition who accused the deputy chairman, Harivansh Singh, of helping the government rush through the farm bills in the Rajya Sabha last Sunday without following a democratic process. This was because he had rejected their calls for sending the bills to a select committee for review or even extend the discussion till the following Monday. In fact, Sabha TV decided to mute the audio while the opposition parties protested and shouted slogans against the farm bills. The main grievance of the MPs was that the bills were passed with a voice vote after the chair rejected opposition calls for physical voting and a division of votes. The Rajya Sabha deputy chairman said that he did not allow a division of votes while the bills were being passed because leaders were not seated when they asked for it. Now, the Indian Express reviewed Rajya Sabha TV footage from last Sunday and what it found was quite contrary to what the Rajya Sabha deputy chairman claimed. Footage of the Rajya Sabha TV has revealed that DMK leader Tiruchi Siva and CPIM leader KK Ragesh were in their seats when they demanded a division of votes. Trinamool Congress MP Derek O'Brien on the same day had accused the government of murdering the parliamentary system via a video shared on his Twitter handle. O'Brien had said that the government did not allow the opposition on the farmers' bills. He said that they knew they weren't in a position to pass the bills, so they cut the Rajasabha TV feed so that the country could not see the opposition's protest. O'Brien said that he was in his seat when demanding the division of votes. Talking to The Express, he said, and I quote, Between us, Siva and I have 30 years of experience in the parliament. We knew we had moved motions, we had our headsets on. Of course, we were at our seats. Our calls for division were brazenly ignored multiple times. The video and audio evidence is damning. At least four rules of the parliament were broken. Unquote. When you watch the news these days on television, you have to ask yourself, what is it that you are being distracted from? This week, so-called chats by Deepika Padukone helped some of our dear news anchors evade the passing of the farm bills in the Upper House. While Navika Kumar, Anjana Om Kasyap, Rohit Sardana and Arnab Goswami decided to ignore the issue, Sudhir Chaudhary jumped in to rescue the Modi government. To find out more, do watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance with Manisha. Also, this one features another special appearance by your favourite Lakhu and Garibdas, better known as Meghnath and Abhinandan. You'll find the video on our YouTube channel or on our website. Shiromani Akali Dal, the oldest ally of the Bharatiya Janata Party-led National Democratic Alliance or NDA, parted ways on the issue of farm bills which were recently passed by the parliament. The Shiromani Akali Dal had asked the central government not to bring the bills in the parliament till all reservations expressed by farmers are duly addressed. But when the centre did not listen, the Akali Dal asked it to send these farm bills to a select committee which was also not accepted. After that, Harsimrit Kaur Badal resigned from the Union Cabinet in protest against the bills. Calling the bills lethal and disastrous for its key voter base of farmers, the Akali Dal chief Sukhbir Singh Badal said, and I quote, The highest decision-making body of the Shiromani Akali Dal core committee at its emergency meeting here tonight decided to unanimously pull out of the BJP-led NDA alliance, unquote. He said that the decision to quit the NDA was taken because of the centre's stubborn refusal to give statutory legislative guarantees to protect assured marketing of farmers' crops on MSP or minimum support price, and the centre's continued insensitivity to Punjabi and Sikh issues like excluding Punjabi language as the official language in Jammu and Kashmir. With this, the Shiromani Akali Dal became the third member of the NDA to pull out of the group after the Shiv Sena and the Telugu Desam party. The following news contains graphic details of sexual violence, please consider this a trigger warning. A 19-year-old Dalit girl was gang-raped allegedly by four upper-caste men in Hathras district of Uttar Pradesh. The accused are said to have attempted to strangulate her and she is now admitted to a hospital in Aligarh after suffering serious injuries. One of the doctors treating her said, and I quote, due to the damaged spinal cord, the victim has quadriplegia and is not able to breathe properly, unquote. The girl, who is now out of danger but still remains in the intensive care unit, told the police that the four men raped her on 14th of September when she had gone to collect fodder for animals. According to the Indian Express, the girl's tongue was cut off and she has sustained severe injuries on her spinal cord and her neck. The initial medical report by the hospital has confirmed strangulation and assault. Doctors further said that the examination is being conducted to confirm rape. Based on her brother's complaint earlier, the police had booked a man identified as Sandeep for attempt to murder and under the provisions of the SCSD Act. Later, in her statement to the magistrate, the victim had said that besides Sandeep, Ramu, Lovkush and Ravi had raped her and when she resisted their attempts, they tried to strangulate her. Lavkush and Ramu were also arrested and the fourth accused was arrested on Saturday. Last week, army officials claimed that a pulwama-type attack had been averted by them in Kashmir when about 52 kilos of explosives and 50 detonators were recovered from two water tanks in Kashmir's Karewa. An army official said there were 416 packets of explosives, each weighing 125 grams. The packets of explosives each carried the manufacturing address of a Nagpur-based company, Amin Explosives Private Limited. Interestingly, this is not the first time that explosives manufactured by this company were found at sites related to terror activities. In 2007, when twin blasts took place in Hyderabad, the explosives used were tracked down to amine explosives, though the city police commissioner at the time called it a creation of the media. 42 people died in the explosions and over 50 were injured. Intelligence agencies stated that the Harkat ul Jihad al-Islami, a Bangladesh-based terror outfit, was suspected to be behind the attacks. The Managing Director of Amin Explosives at the time, Sohail Amin, was questioned but was later given a clean chit by the Nagpur Police Commissioner Satyapal Singh, who is now an MP with the Bharatiya Janata Party. To find out more about this, do read Pratik's report titled, How the name of one Nagpur-based company cropped up in three incidents of violence in India. You'll find the report on our website, newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, as you know, in times like these, when a large section of media is forced to toe the government's line, reports like these require not just courage and dedication, but also resources. I'm proud to inform you that News Laundry is an ad-free news platform because we strongly believe that important stories like these can only be told if media is independent. And to maintain our independence, we need your help. So support our work by subscribing to us and we will keep on with our job of speaking truth to power. Go to our website newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. And now for some international updates. COVID-19 has infected over 32.9 million people around the world, out of which 994,000 have lost their lives to the disease. Argentina's coronavirus infections topped 700,000 on Saturday with new daily infections and deaths among the top five globally. Argentina, which was already in the grips of a devastating economic crisis, was among the first countries in Latin America to implement a strict quarantine. But a gradual loosening of restrictions over time and the spread of cases from the capital to the provinces has seen cases skyrocket. In France, where a doctor's leader has warned that the latest wave of the pandemic could overwhelm the country amid exhaustion on part of the health workers, Le Monde has reported that a third of the new clusters are in schools and universities. The latest figures from the health officials indicate that 32% of the 899 clusters under investigation concern schools and universities. As Canada faces a second wave of COVID-19 infections, authorities in the hardest-hit province of Quebec have been explaining how it is taking a different form. The virus is spreading in regions outside the former epicentre of Montreal and is spreading mainly in the community. Like other countries, the spread is also more among young adults and not the elderly. Australia's second largest city of Melbourne has further eased lockdown restrictions imposed after a surge in COVID-19 cases and has allowed most children to return to school from next month and sent more than 125,000 people back to work. Melbourne and surrounding parts of the rural Victoria state were placed under strict level 4 of lockdown on August 2nd, shuttering schools and non-essential businesses, imposing a nighttime curfew and prohibiting public gatherings. The restrictions were scheduled to be eased on Sunday if the rolling 14-day average of new infections was between 30 and 50 cases. North Korea has accused South Korea of sending ships across the disputed sea boundary to find the body of a South Korean official recently killed by North Korean troops. North Korea warned on Sunday that the intrusion could escalate tensions. South Korea, however, denied the accusation. The official Korean Central News Agency said, and I quote, We urge the South Side to immediately halt the intrusion across the military demarcation line in the West Sea that may lead to an escalation of tensions. It arouses our due vigilance as it may lead to another awful incident. Unquote. Along with its denial, South Korea proposed a joint investigation to resolve discrepancies in each country's account of the South Korean official's death from last week. Officials in Seoul have said that the 47 year old was likely attempting to defect before the North Korean troops aboard a boat fatally shot him and burnt his body. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.